This is a podcast by The Straits Times. Hi and welcome to The Straits Times Health Check. I'm your host, Joyce Tu. In this episode, we will look at whether the vaccinated need to worry about COVID-19 now that 80% of the people here in Singapore are fully vaccinated. Singapore authorities say there is continuing evidence that almost all fully vaccinated people do not suffer serious disease when infected unless they have underlying medical conditions that make them more vulnerable to it. In the United States, there is also new data from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention that showed the vaccine protection against infection or mild disease has declined. However, all three vaccines used there, here from Pfizer, Moderna and Johnson & Johnson, remain highly effective at preventing hospitalizations and death from April through July. In Singapore, more fully vaccinated people have caught COVID-19 and some have become very sick. So my guest today is Dr. Louisa Sun, a consultant at Alexandra Hospital's Infectious Diseases and Chronic Program. Hi, Dr. Sun. Thanks for coming on the show. Hi, Joyce. Thank you for having me. Now that most people here are vaccinated and Singapore is opening up further, it is almost certain that more vaccinated people will get infected, right? So with talk of vaccine protection waning and considering there are different types of vaccines used here, there is a Pfizer, Moderna, Sinovac, Sinopharm, does one group need to worry more than the other depending on the vaccine that they have taken? So we see more people, more vaccinated people who are getting infected, but that's not a worry in itself. Because what's more important is that the current studies and reports that we have, and these are global reports and of course including our local data as well, all very consistently and very clearly show that the COVID-19 vaccines are very effective at preventing serious illness and death from a COVID-19 infection. So whereas vaccinated individuals may still get mild infections, they don't have to worry about getting very sick, um, needing oxygen in the hospital, um, needing ICU care, and uh, needing help with their breathing through a breathing tube. Um, the data that we have um, is true and proven for most types of vaccines, except we don't have enough data for Sinovac yet. Dr. San, I mean, there have been a couple of deaths in um, August, right, including a fully vaccinated person. And I think to the lay person, you know, news of like a death, um, you know, rattles them. So can you tell us more about this risk? Because uh, also in reports, we've seen, you know, people talking about vaccinated elderly with multiple underlying health conditions being more at risk of dying from COVID. Yes, yes, and I'm glad you bring this up as well. So certainly, I think, um, you know, even to myself, uh, seeing a death in a vaccinated person is always very concerning. But again, um, there are fa other factors um, apart from vaccination that can still affect your risk status of getting severe disease and dying from COVID. So, but what can be said now is, as I've, is, as I've mentioned, um, if you're a younger, healthy person who is fully vaccinated, um, although there is a chance you may get infected with COVID, you really needn't worry about getting very sick or dying. In fact, um, the protection against getting sick and dying from COVID in younger people below 40 years old especially is almost 100% in all the studies across the board. And even for the older and very old, the protection is still extremely good at around 90% to above 95% in some reports. And, um, but for an old person though, who is, as you mentioned, frail and who may have other uh, multiple medical conditions affecting their heart, their lungs or their kidneys, 
then I suppose in this case, I'd still be a little bit worried that there is a chance they could become sick because of their underlying um, medical morbidity, comorbidities and frailty, and they could still succumb to a COVID infection. But also what I want to emphasize is that compared to the unvaccinated elderly, their risk is already greatly reduced. So I'd still be significantly more worried for an older person with the same medical profile who is unvaccinated, for sure. Right. You mentioned that, um, you know, vaccinated people will get less sick, right? And that's sick as in being hospitalized, right? But just for the normal symptoms, you know, I just interviewed someone who was uh, fully vaccinated but caught mm-hmm. COVID. And he said that his symptoms were worse than he had expected. So he had this blocked nose, right, Mm. that prevented him from sleeping well. And usually when he gets uh, like a cold or flu, he uses this nasal spray that he buys from the pharmacy and Mm. it will just relieve the blocked nose. But for COVID, um, you know, it had no effect. Are vaccinated people more vulnerable to serious illness than previously thought? So perhaps I'll make this distinction because I realize that um, I might also be a bit guilty of using this term sick and serious illness a bit interchangeably. And perhaps this has caused a little bit of um, misunderstanding or misconceptions for the audience. So I have to clarify that, um, you know, when maybe most people think of the term sick, they just mean getting infected. Then there are various degrees of, you know, sickness or severities of the sickness. And when I say serious illness, or perhaps, you know, when we're talking in a medical sense about serious illness, we're really talking about the people in hospital who, uh, you know, have um, pneumonia, they have a worse lung infection, they uh, require oxygen, or they require medical high dependency or ICU status care, or at course, at the worst spectrum, they need a breathing tube, they need to be intubated um, in order to help their lungs function. So that is the um, spectrum of serious illness that the vaccination protects very well against. Now, in terms of just um, talking about, you know, do people get sick when they have COVID? And I think here we mean what kind of symptoms we get with COVID. So even with Delta, um, the symptoms of COVID haven't changed too much or evolved, um, but there is a higher portion of vaccinated people who will either be asymptomatic or have very mild symptoms. But of course, again, everything happens in a spectrum. So there are those who may still get quite prominent symptoms. And we know these are like the flu or common cold symptoms, um, including fevers, um, headache, dry cough, sore throat, um, and tiredness, and in COVID with particular loss of smell. Um, so for the um, gentleman that you mentioned earlier who had a, uh, who has blocked nose usually, he sounds like he has a condition called allergic rhinitis. Um, there are different triggers for why he may get nasal congestion quite regularly. Um, and usually if there's no other illness on top of that, um, his usual relievers with the nasal spray may work very well. But in a condition where he has had um, a sick or flu or you know illness like COVID on top of that, then these are the flu symptoms that actually will naturally need some time to go away. And that's probably why even if he's using his baseline medications to help his usual nasal congestion, um, he will get the symptoms of COVID for a duration. How long this lasts? Again, it can be quite varied. For most people, it lasts about three to five days and they can get better. Although we have seen um, certain individuals whose fever can last for longer, up to a week or two weeks. Right. So what can they do to relieve their symptoms then? 
Yep, so um, a lot of the over-counter medications to help relieve nasal congestion, lozenges to relieve sore throat, uh, perhaps Panadol for the fever and headache, um, these can still be taken. Um, the other thing is just to generally keep well hydrated and to make sure to rest well during, you know, when they have these symptoms. Right. So, you know, for the person that we mentioned, the nasal spray didn't work. What can he use? Is there something that he can buy off the shelf to help himself? Yep. So, um, there are uh, medications called antihistamines. They help to relieve um, nasal congestion. And these are things that, um, oh, I won't say the medication brand names here, but um, they, they usually help to relieve nasal congestions from having COVID or other uh, flu illnesses. Um, again, but the, the, the effectiveness would maybe vary from individual to individual. And uh, some people may respond to different brands uh, better than others. So I suppose in this case, um, it is a little bit of a trial and error to see which antihistamine can work for you. But also just a, a little bit of a warning for the elderly patients, some of these medications can cause some drowsiness. So just to be careful about the medication side effects as well. If you like what you're hearing so far, do subscribe to The Straits Times Health Check on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or Google Podcasts. Like us and give us a rating. And now I'm back to my conversation with my guest, Dr. Sun, as we look at whether the vaccinated need to worry about COVID-19. To the layperson, loss of taste and smell might be, uh, I don't know, a little frightening maybe, <laughs> even though it's not life-threatening. Yes, yes, certainly. I mean, it's quite. I think it's quite jarring to suddenly not be able to taste. And in fact, this is how uh, many people who, um, you know, didn't have any other prominent symptoms realise that they should probably get uh, tested for COVID because they had lost their sense of smell. <laughs> Hmm. And now do we know typically, you know, how long does that last? Does it come back quite quickly? So this is one of the things that um, it really can vary again for, you know, individuals. Some people who are fortunate, they recover their sense of smell, um, you know, during the uh, early recovery phase. Within a, one or two weeks, um, their sense of smell comes back. Um, the, there are others though, um, and I have encountered a couple of patients who have lost their sense of smell for up to three months or more. So this, um, at the moment, we don't really understand what is the complete spectrum and we don't really have um, a very good idea of what proportion or whether there are certain risk factors who, who, to who um, gets a sense of smell back earlier or later. I see. So it can be anybody in that sense. Yes. Right. That would be considered long COVID, right? Um, so the loss of smell is actually quite a typical symptom of COVID, but the longer it lasts, then yes, we can consider it a prolonged um, complication of, of COVID. This syndrome called long COVID is again, it's, it's actually a very complex phenomenon that is not at the moment fully understood. Right. But what are the chances of a person getting long COVID? I mean, a vaccinated person, you know, who gets infected? Mm. Um, at the moment, there is no, I think, specific data on what is a proportion of vaccinated people who are at risk of long COVID. But I suppose that this is also a reason why um, I'd also like to say that even for the vaccinated, you are very well protected against um, serious illness and death, which is a major concern. But um, you shouldn't also abandon all caution and have absolutely no worries about getting COVID anymore. Because um, long COVID is certainly a worry and we don't know enough yet about um, uh, the details for vaccinated people. In fact, there, are, there have been a lot of studies and very large-scale studies done uh, across the world. Um, most of these are done in Europe, but um, followed by Asia as well. 
But so far, even with the data that's collected, it's extremely mixed. The studies have used different methods uh, to find out what patients have. They focus on different patient subgroups, and they've also followed through for different um, time periods in total. So just roughly putting them together, um, we can say that almost up to about 40% of people have significantly felt that their quality of life was negatively impacted due to various symptoms, but we probably still don't have a very good handle on exactly who is at risk. What we do know is that they can actually affect anyone regardless of their prior medical status or whether they have had mild COVID symptoms to begin with. In the older age groups, um, there have been more reports of uh, patients who, especially who have had more uh, serious disease with COVID, um, having more prominent symptoms that last longer. But again, this has also been reported in younger patients who have not had very serious uh, symptoms from the COVID to begin with. I see. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that's a you know good reason for us to keep up our public health measures. Even the yes. mild symptoms that you mentioned, you know, like loss of taste and smell. Yeah, we should like keep uh, continue wearing masks and distance. Yes, yes, yeah, definitely. So for long COVID, apart from that, um, the loss of sense of smell, uh, which is a COVID symptom, the long COVID symptoms could include um, things like uh, weakness, fatigue, um, and this is, you know, significantly um, this, uh, debilitating to many of the sufferers of long COVID. There is also this term that is, um, you know, we see quite a lot on the media probably called brain fog. And that basically means that, um, you know, people who suffer from long COVID have a much lowered ability to concentrate on their work, on their tasks, and even affecting their daily lives. And some patients also experience breathlessness for up to, you know, months or longer. So yes, definitely, I'd say these are all very important um, considerations. And again, um, the data that has been collected um, has quite a wide variability depending on which country it comes from and what kind of patients they're looking at. Um, The mRNA vaccines have been reported to be about uh, close to 50% to about 70 plus to 80% effective from protecting against just infections. And these are all infections. Um, But the risk of getting uh, seriously ill and dying from COVID uh, in vaccinated people is the vaccines offer very, very effective protection up to 100% for younger people and even about 95% for the older and more frail population with um, medical conditions in the background. Right. So Dr. San, actually now that I think about this, you know, at a certain point when the protection wanes, does it mean our chances of getting COVID will be a lot higher if, you know, you... I don't know, forget about social distancing or didn't wear your mask properly? Mm, yes, so if um, currently I think there is, again, um, there is still debate about how long the COVID vaccination protection uh, lasts, definitely. About six months is, you know, what, what has been seen with uh, many studies so far. But I think another important part of this is also that um, we need to be aware that even though, for example, in Singapore, our vaccination rates are very high um, and it's almost close to 80% now, I would think. And on the flip side, there is still 20% and that's one-fifth of the population that's still not yet vaccinated. And in terms of numbers, that's still a substantial number. We really need to um, also think about how to further boost up our vaccination rates for those who have not even yet had their first dose. 
Right. Thanks for your time and your insights, Zertasan. Thank you very much, Joyce. And I hope that the audience has, you know, learned a bit and also found the session useful. Well, that's a wrap for Health Check, a podcast series by The Straits Times. Don't forget to subscribe to us for free on your favourite smartphone apps, Apple Podcasts, Spotify or Google Podcasts. Search for Street Times Health Check, like us and give us a rating. Thank you for listening. That was an SBH podcast by The Straits Times. Find us on Spotify, Apple or Google Podcasts or streaming on Google Home. Do feedback to us at podcast.sbh.com.sg. You can also check out more podcasts on various topics at The Straits Times, The Business Times and Money FM 89.3.